Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. When do you notice that the paper you're using is actually your skin? Adrift with Jeff Lloyd and Annabelle Port. Hello. Hello. How's your health? Uh, it's good, thank you. How's yours? Funny you should ask. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> right, okay, yeah. I can't tell if I'm coming down with something. Will you feel my forehead? Okay, yeah. It does feel hot to you. It does feel a bit hot, actually, yeah. yeah I wouldn't normally pander to this kind of thing, but it, it is a bit hot. <laughs> Firstly, I just love having my forehead felt. Oh, do you? Is it feel nice and cool? No, nothing creepy about it, no. but if I'm not feeling... Yeah good in myself I've said mm. oh we just feel my forehead and tell me if I feel mm. hot or not okay. I am disappointed if somebody says no I don't think you do feel hot mm. but just just the act of having my forehead felt yeah. just makes me feel like I'm being looked after in some way it's nice it yeah, is nice yeah. um and then secondly, I think I'm the worst person at gauging whether somebody has a temperature or not. I feel The pressure I feel if the tables are turned, <laughs> if someone says, oh, we just feel my forehead and tell me if I feel hot or not. I think un- unless it burnt my hand right. or unless I got chill blains from it, yeah. I would be unable to tell. I yeah. think the best thing to say is what I just did. You do feel a bit hot, actually. That's all anybody yeah. ever wants to hear. Yeah, so there you go. <laughs> to be honest, I couldn't really. No, I could. I mean, I don't, I don't want to backtrack. I can, you, you do feel a bit hot, honestly. No, no, we've just you stumbled across something there. All anybody ever wants to hear is, yeah, you do feel a bit hot, actually. It doesn't really matter if you can tell or not. Yeah, just you don't want that. to set alarm bells off. You no. can say, oh, you're burning up. No, 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 no. Like, yeah, I think you do feel a bit hot. That's all anyone wants to hear. Good. Yeah. Right. That, that, that worked out. Okay. Um, I was going to very briefly tell you that I was on the London Underground the other day and I was, I was seated. There's a man sitting next to me and the train is somewhat uh, sparsely populated when we both get on it. Mm. But, you know, it's, it's, it gets busier and busier as it goes along. And this woman gets on and the guy says to her, oh, would you, would you like a seat? She says, no, no, I'm fine. He says, no, please, I, I insist you should take the seat. And she says, I'm not pregnant. Right. And then the guy goes, okay, okay. And then Oh, the, oh no. Right. So what would you do if you were me in that situation? What do you think you should do? That- well, well, this was the quandary I found myself in. I, I then agonised about whether I should tap the woman on the shoulder and say, oh, just let you know you don't look pregnant. <laughs> no, no. This is just so you know, no. Because that would be creepy. It would just be weird. The only thing you can do in the situation is nothing. I'm sure there would be some kind of meeting of the eyes that could do the job that you think I would like it to. You think it could communicate, I don't think you look pregnant. Yeah. I mean, it's quite a difficult one. 
I think even a rather trained actor would have <laughs> yes. difficulty conveying that. Yes. But she ended up getting off at the same stop as I did. And I was sort of walking quite briskly behind her, yeah. going through this scenario in my head where if I tapped her on the shoulder oh, and said, no. excuse me, just to let you know, I don't, you don't look pregnant. <laughs> I think there's, there's something off with that guy. <laughs> I think, you know, not only would she have been mistaken by, uh, uh, by a stranger for a pregnant person, mm. but then she would have felt like some creepy guy was hitting on her, telling her she didn't look pregnant. Harassed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I didn't do it. I well made the done. right decision. You did. This is warm and friendly, and you like it. And that's why you're here. You were the one that pressed play, after all, with your thumb. Adrift with Jeff Lloyd and Annabelle Port. You have a lovely thumb. Please share your story with us. You can email hello at adriftpodcast.com. This is from Nicole. It was over a decade ago, but my stomach inverts every time I recall it. Picture the quite complicated and random scene. I was an art director for an ad agency and the bit I hated most about my job was the directing bit. I absolutely hate telling people what to do and especially famous people. So on the day of the blurting, I was on edge, dreading the fact that I had to boss about Olympic legend Daley Thompson in order to achieve a nice advert for my client. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, of course he did Lucas Aid, yeah. She says, I had lots of things whirling around my head. This is a sample of my inner dialogue. Lucas Aid, medals. God, he looks like a young Sean Connery. Fatima Whitbread, we are the champions. Moustache, start cereal. Steve Cram, big moustache. Lucas Aid. And so, and so it went on. <laughs> To make the situation even more fraught, Daly had requested that we do the shoot in Battersea Park, which is where all the dogs from Battersea Dogs Home get walked every day. There are a bazillion dogs at Battersea Dogs Home and every single one of them bounded up to Daly. It was like he was a human jumbone. One even brought him an empty plastic bottle, which he duly threw. He probably broke a record, but the dog brought it back again and again. Battersea Park is also under the main flight path for Heathrow and so every 30 seconds a giant plane would almost scrape his head both drowning out dialogue and exciting the poor abandoned canines and on top of all this the park's police tried to arrest us for not having a permit to film it was by any standards not ideal my mental guard was obliterated but Daly was lovely and despite all the interruptions we managed to do the job phew I stupidly thought at this point, I had done a preemptive blurt and shouted, Do you like Lucas Aid? into his medal winning chops. <laughs> he simply sighed. He went, and I joined my clients with some walking to the station small talk. We laughed and shared some work chat. I was relieved that I'd made it relatively unscathed. But I had been to a wig party at the weekend and had borrowed a wig from someone at work. It was Monday, and I'd come straight to the shoot, so I had the wig in my rucksack ready to return to my colleague. And then. I noticed it. My client had a wig on. This is how it sounded in my skull. She's got a wig on. Is it a wig? It is a wig, isn't it? It looks like a wig. Oh no, I wonder why she has it. hope she's not ill. Maybe it's for fashion. Oh, I bet she's really self-conscious of it. Don't mention wigs. Look away from the wig. Stop looking at the wig. Wig, wig, wig. Nylon wig, Russian hair. Wig. She's wearing a wig. And then it happened. Midway through her telling me what she was working on and what she did at the weekend, I stopped walking looked her full in the face and informed her, quite forcefully, I've got a wig in my bag. <laughs> <laughs> there was what seemed an eternity of dead air. 
time when I was staring into her confused eyes when my whole being was screaming internally, no! (laughs) I can't remember the journey back to the office. Suddenly, like a deranged Mr. Ben, I was back at my desk with a blank expression and a head full of Lucasade and full (laughs) moustaches. To this day, my spine retracts like an unfurled slinky at the thought of it. Just badness. Thankfully, I work for myself at home now and my computer, like those glass screens at the post office, protects me and my clients from my spoken brain vomit. Many thanks and best wishes from the Lord High Constable, Nicole Adams. Oh, Nicole, can we print T-shirts which just say I've got a wig in my bag? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, dear. Oh, Nicole, that was grand. It was lovely, beautifully written. And this is from Emma. I am a terribly awkward person and as I age, it only gets worse. This is one of the great lies people tell you, that you get more comfortable in your own skin as you get older. No, you don't. If anything, it gets worse. I want to tell you a story about one of the most gut-wrenchingly awkward situations I've ever been in. I used to be a community carer and I made a very good friend out of one of my colleagues, Amy. Unfortunately, Amy's mum had recently passed away after a short battle with cancer at the very young age of 51. Amy and I went to visit one of our elderly ladies that had recently moved into a care home. After about 10 minutes of us being there, the son of the lady we were visiting arrived. I call him Derek. We were all sitting having a nice chat and catch up as Amy and I had had a professional working relationship with this lady and her family whilst we were looking after her in her own home for over a year. During this chat, we got onto the topic of famous people and Amy mentioned that her mum went to school with a famous TV presenter. Derek said that he also went to this school with this famous TV presenter. So, of course, the conversation went on. Derek asking, who's your mum? I might have known her. It turns out that Derek and Amy's mum went to school together. Obviously, Derek didn't know that Amy's mum had recently passed away. This conversation went on and the whole time I sat quietly, intense awkwardness growing inside of me as I knew there was going to be that question of, so how is your mum? What's she doing now? And yes, after about five minutes... That question came out. Before Amy could even answer the question, I let out what can only be described as an almighty shriek of laughter Uh. and loudly guffawed whilst Amy told Derek solemnly that her mum had recently passed away. Uh. Derek looked at me with absolute shock and utter disgust while I was hysterically laughing at my dear friend's mum's young and tragic death. Luckily, Amy has a fantastic sense of humour and we are still friends after this incident. (laughs) However, I'm sure Derek was absolutely horrified that such a cold-hearted evil bitch had been caring for his mother for over a year. That's extraordinary, isn't it? The worst, just the worst. Yeah, Nervous laughter is, uh, you know, let's have some of that, please. If you have a story of nervous laughter that has been causing you shame and you want to unburden it on us and your fellow drifters, we'd love to hear it. I also thought when I was listening to Nicole's story, you know, in addition to blurting and all the, the other things that we usually ask for, we often ask for failed human interactions. Mm. Like any failed animal interactions also welcome oh, yes, as well. Definitely. Um, but if you have a story you would like to share with us, just get it down into an email. Don't worry too much about, oh, but, you know, Nicole told her story so well. I don't know if I could tell it. Like, Don't worry about it. It's, yeah. it's the story is the important thing. Yep. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. Email hello at adriftpodcast.com. Adrift. Under your control. With Jeff, Lloyd, and Annabelle Port. So, Annabelle. Yes. You have prepared a story. I have. It's about how I'm a physically pathetic human being. (laughs) 
I'm so pathetic and insignificant that I used to go to a gym in an attempt to become more sturdy and significant. And the gym, I think I've told you this before, the gym, the gym had automatic doors that would do what automatic doors do. And they would detect a person approaching and they'd open. Apart from, I was so insignificant that for some reason they just wouldn't open for me. I'd stand there in front of them and they'd remain stubbornly closed. I'd take a step back and then step forwards really heavily and forcefully. Still nothing. They stay closed until literally anyone else came along be it a bodybuilder or a small child, <laughs> and then they just open. It is possible that there'll come a point in my future when I find out I've been co-hosting a podcast with a ghost all these years. <laughs> That's the twist. <laughs> worry do i exist or is somebody maybe in the sports center the gym playing a joke on me and like deactivating them i don't know but i do have a memory which may or may not be false of one day walking towards the gym and being some distance away still but seeing a pigeon fly down and land near the doors and the doors open for him a pigeon but not me you have less presence than a pigeon exactly I'm so physically frail that I believe I'm the only person outside of World War One to get trench foot. <laughs> I've got no evidence for this claim. It's based entirely on the fact that no one's ever told me. And in fact, to be honest, I did a very basic search that revealed that in 1998, doctors at Glastonbury Festival saw about 90 cases a day. Oh. But they say they see a lot less people now that people wear wellies to festivals. And it was at a festival that I got trench foot. It was Reading Festival when I was 16. And I wasn't wearing wellies because this was way before festival fashion. So mm. I was wearing my normal clothes like mm. people used to do at festivals which would have been my DMs or my Converse I was thinking are there any other shoes that have um, initials D like Doc Martens DMs oh, isn't it nice yeah. we just call, they call them DMs JS what's that Jimmy Shoe <laughs> is that what you call yours yeah <laughs> so anyway it's raining a lot at this festival because I've been camping quite a few times in fact I think five times which is a lot for someone like me and every single time without fail it's rained even when I went in the height of this glorious Polish summer where every single day was dry the two days I went camping just poured the whole time which means that I hate camping I don't want mud and rainwater in my bedroom and the food I've brought to eat with me in my bedroom and my wet clothes (laughs) in my bedroom and slugs and not being able to stand up in my bedroom and my bedroom not having an actual bed and there being no toilet anywhere near my no bed bedroom (laughs) I don't want that but my very worst experience was at this Reading Festival because my rubbish tent blew away on the last night. And I'm not exaggerating. The weather was so bad, the tent I was sharing, it blew apart and some crucial bits blew away. So for the last night, I had to share with two friends in their two-person tent. So three of us, in case you can't work it out, three of us <laughs> in a two-person so tent. two birth, three <laughs> yeah, people. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. With wet clothes. And I remember walking towards their tent and one foot going in a really big puddle and that foot getting slo- soaked through and it being this terrible night that in no way made up for how good seeing Carter the Unstoppable Sex Machine was. <laughs> and they were very good. I mean, share a fat man was song. Yeah. And then I got home and my foot started to turn blue and swell. And I went oh. to the doctors and he told me that I had trench foot. And I can't help think that was a good day at the office for him, wasn't it? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It, was, it made things a bit different, didn't it? I didn't get amputated, though. I got, I think I got antibiotics. But he did tell me that I had to rub my foot in whale oil at future festivals. And it didn't really. That's just what soldiers <laughs> did in World War One. I'm surprised it didn't tell me, though. What I don't understand is that I thought skin was waterproof. Like, I'm pretty sure my spleen and liver and kidneys don't get damp when it rains. But, you know, name me, they probably do. Also, we're 70% water and we don't just, like, start leaking. Yes. It's not leaking out. No, exactly. What is wrong with me? <laughs> Imagine if I'd ever had to go somewhere more extreme than a festival. I'd get trench body on the first day. There's no doubt about it. 
That's why it's for best that I now only ever leave the house to go to Sainsbury's. Much safer that way. Until we're all caught out pretending we know what we're doing, which we don't, obviously. Mm, it's quite apparent. Adrift. I spent a fair old bit of time knocking online. Um, I'm quite fascinated with online entrepreneurs. Oh, Do you get okay. these people who pop up in your Facebook feed and uh, uh, they're sort of standing in front of a private jet or a Bentley and saying, oh. it took me three months to make my first million. I mm. just couldn't work it out. You know, all these kind of um, oh, <laughs> liars. Right, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, something I have gleaned from reading about online su- success stories is sometimes if you're very, very lucky, you, you can take your hobby – and you can, you can make it into a career. Right. occurred to me yesterday that I've taken my career and made it into a hobby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me too. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Which, uh, I mean, not yeah. many people do that, do they? No, no. I mean, that makes really. us even more unique yeah. than those lucky few who managed to turn their <laughs> hobby into a career. <laughs> yeah, yeah, really special. <laughs> um, if you would like to support our hobby. Yes, Please. That'd be nice. Thank you. Uh, you can go to patreon.com stroke adrift. Um, just, uh, you know, a, a dollar or two American dollars a month help us out enormously with buying glue and whatever else we need for our hobby. Yeah. Glitter. <laughs> um, we should think pretty soon about some more rewards. So we yes. did our AMA the other week. Um, so I've... I think we've promised people podcast parties. It's yeah. a special podcast that you will only get as uh, um, a Patreon supporter. And also like a video party. So I think maybe that is the next thing we do. What's a video party? I think it's exactly the same as a podcast only. We'll have a camera on us and we Fine. can send them. We can stream that online somewhere yep. for secret Sounds good. Patreon subscribers. Yep. Um, so why don't we? Because I know you and I know me. Yeah. That unless we actually think, think about you know, give ourselves a deadline. Yep, yep. This will never get done. Yep. So why don't we say okay. that it's now the 12th February. Yep. Why don't we say that we will record the video mm-hmm. on the 5th of March? Great. Okay? Yep, sounds good. So, I'm going to put it in my diary now. Lovely. Okay. And then we'll release it um, not long afterwards in time for your birthday. <laughs> yeah, it could be a celebration of that, yes. Yeah, maybe that's what it is. It's Annabelle's video podcast party. Yeah, it's all podcast I'm doing for my birthday. birthday. Party. So, yeah, yeah. I'll be honest, yeah. So, um, so more about that as we figure out what it's going to be, and I'm sure we'll ask you for some questions or some kind of contribution uh, other than the financial one. Yeah. Um, so more details of that to follow. And if you would like to see that when it eventually uh, hits theatres, Mm-hmm. by which I mean your laptop or your iPad, yeah. um, then support us on Patreon. You'll get details of um, the rewards uh, on there. Go to patreon.com stroke adrift. Form an orderly bubble and off we go. Adrift. So you were greeted with a lovely surprise when you arrived here today. Yes, Lynn Barron. My mother-in-law is in town. It was supposed to be my mother-in-law and my father-in-law, but Joe's uh, got the flu, so mm. he's had to delay his trip by a week so we've just had lynn here as i pointed out on a previous podcast she's not staying with us she's staying around the corner in an airbnb mm-hmm. to um to just release the pressure yeah a little bit but anyway there was 
a slight altercation between her and my wife yesterday. Oh, I'm surprised. <laughs> right, okay, tell me. <laughs> so Lynn has been very gracious with her babysitting. Okay. She's allowing, so we went to the pictures the other night. Nice. Saw three billboards oh, yes, outside Hemming, Missouri, which I loved. Yeah. Um, and then yesterday, she very graciously offered to look after us on Eugene while Sarah and I went out for a little bit of a day date. Oh, so Sarah got ready and she came downstairs. I'm just standing in the kitchen talking to Lynn. Sarah walks in and her mother goes, oh, you look sexy. Jeff, don't you think she looks sexy? <laughs> okay, right. Now, this was the cause of the altercation. Okay. So my wife feels it's strange mm. for a parent to be telling you that you look sexy. Yeah. And then especially roping in yeah. your spouse yeah, yeah. and saying, don't you think she looks sexy? Because Sarah's point of view is her mum was basically asking me, don't you, th- don't you think my daughter looks like somebody you'd want to have intercourse oh, with? You don't want to be talking about that. Someone's yeah. parent. Whereas I think Lynn perhaps would say she was just using it in the same way. She'd look good or cool or... Hot. You look hot. hot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. So I, who, who is in the right? Who is in the wrong? Mm. Well... I thought I would let them figure it out amongst themselves on a special edition of The Incident. So, my wife, Sarah Barron, and my mother-in-law, Lynn Barron, hello. Hello. So, Sarah, I'd like you to take us back to Sunday afternoon. You and I were going to go out, so I had gotten dressed... Well, I wasn't dressed up, not dressed up like... Fancy dress Not up. Not to like, the nines. No, like the way that you dress up if you've gone from lying around looking schleppy all day to just like putting on some makeup and a nicer pair of jeans. Yes. So I had on jeans and boots, no heel. Mm-hmm. And this jumper, as you would say, that I bought when we were on holiday in Miami. So it's a jumper, but it's vi- like the holes of it are quite big. So if you're, because it's Miami, it's warm weather. Right. So like if you're looking very close... You can sort of see the outline of a brazier underneath it. Is that a loose knit? Would you describe that? Yeah, as a yeah, loose yeah. Knit? It's a loose, a loose knit. knit, and I'm wearing that with like some sort of medium jeans, like not very fancy, but not like really schlubby either. So, so you walk down into the kitchen where I am with your mum, Lynn, and Lynn, can you remember what you say to Sarah in the moment of seeing her? I believe I said, "Sarah, you look very sexy." Right. Now this got your back up. Yeah. Why? Well, she said. I think she said, "You, you look great. You look so sexy." Yes, that's right. Why did that get your back up? Because so for years, this bugbear of mine with my mother is that she'd be like, she'd be like, "Oh, like I'd if I was home visiting, I'd come downstairs dressed for whatever for we were going to go to a movie or we'd go for family dinner, and she'd go, "Oh, you are you look so fancy. Oh, so." Oh, you got so dressed up. So when you're hearing that, Lynn, are you just hearing Sarah do an impersonation of you giving her a compliment? No, or- I think she feels criticised. I think it feels like if you're going to, like, if the, if you mean, you, one of two things, you either mean, Sarah, you look beautiful, in which case sort of say you look beautiful, saying you look so dressed up suggests there's been some mis, like, so you got so done up like it doesn't feel like a compliment and there was something about my mother telling me i looked sexy that felt very weird so can you ever can you imagine a situation in which you would describe your mum as looking sexy no 
I don't think I would. Well, why, did, why don't we try it? It's a, try a little roll. Try a no, I'm not. Play I'm now. straight up not why doing you that. Look at your mum in the eyes and tell her she looks sexy. I'm not going to do that. Why? So, what if I tried to do that to you with your mother? <laughs> yeah, okay. That's a good point. <laughs> would you enjoy it if your daughter told you that you look sexy? I thought it would be a great compliment. Do you harbor any regrets about telling us she looks sexy? No. So she came, oh, down, I, I have she came down wearing the same thing you did. No, no, no. It was like I was in a well. negligee. I won't. I won't. <laughs> that was mistake. I won't do it again because it, it was, I think we had a misunderstanding. I think it's just a matter of. Um, I think it was what it often is between my mother and I, which is she does something that is weird. It's <laughs> just, listen, but then I do overreact. Do you accept that it was weird? I just thought, I don't think it's It doesn't feel to, weird to her. I, wait, Sarah, if Maggie said to you, you look sexy, would that bother you? You look great, I, I don't think sexy. the question of, I'm your mother, here's the thing I did, would it strike you, how would it strike you if your best friend did it? Those are completely different people, which is to your credit, because as I often like to say, if your best friend and your mother are the same person, you fucked up in your life. <laughs> Well, we haven't (laughs) fucked up. No, you haven't. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Jeff Lloyd and Annabelle Port. Everything that you always wanted in a friend that was with you all the time, anytime. Right now. So I went to a gig yesterday. Gig? A gig, yes. Well done. Like nearly 45 years old and (laughs) off to a gig. Now it was in the middle of the afternoon. Okay. It was two o'clock. That's a nice time to go to a gig. What a civilised time. Yeah, yeah. I like that. more stuff on at that time. Um, That's what the Beatles used to do at the Cavern Club, of course. What, lunchtime gigs? Yeah, so all the, um, like a lot of the young women you would see scream at the Beatles were secretaries and they'd go out from their office jobs you know they'd take the sandwiches down the cavern club and oh, scream at the Beatles wow. uh, so it wasn't quite that um, it was Gavin Osborne it, I wish we were allowed to play music on this podcast because he's so good but more than that I think he's exactly the type of artist that pe- that listeners to this podcast would appreciate it because his songs uh, are in large part about sort of social awkwardness and introspection and the minutiae of modern life and so which but his 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 songs are all about the kind of stuff we talk about on this podcast that he's not a comedian but there's like a real sense of humor to the songs and he's so endearing and wonderful on stage and I just loved it and I can't recommend him highly enough he's got an album out at the moment called Echo Bridge which um which I've listened to a lot so far this year and uh, I recommend that you treat yourself to a copy of it and if he's playing near you go and see him live because he is just wonderful anyway so I'm watching watching this gig and, and something occurs to me that there is a line 
when it comes to singing along at gigs. Okay. So I'm not one of these people who thinks people should just shut up. Right. Because you hear your favourite song. Yeah. And it feels good to join in with other people and mm. all be singing. It yeah. feels good to the artist. Sometimes I think it's a bit lazy with certain artists where they just let the audience sing the entire song. Oh, and they kind of hold the mic. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Like the odd line I'm, I'm fine with, but no mm. more than that, really. Um, but anyway, I, I like singing along. But I think here's the rule. You shouldn't sing along like you're auditioning to be the backing singer. No. That's 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 the problem, I think. No. If you're putting a bit of vibrato onto your voice. Oh, no. If you're loudly attempting a harmony. <laughs> Who does that? Have you heard anyone do that? That's awful. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I may have quietly attempted harmonies. But... <laughs> oh, quietly. Oh. But, that's only because I can't do harmonies. Yeah. <laughs> but I, th- I think the point is, when you're an audience member and there's a sing-along component... I think think of it as a if 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 what you're doing is contributing to the communal experience, great. Mm. If people would be able to single out your voice above others, uh, yeah, wrong. stop it. Yeah, I totally agree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good. I'm glad we're agreed on that. Yeah. Um, he did a new song which made me squirm a little bit. Oh, go on. It's about two people chatting, thinking these chats that we have are great. We should turn them into a podcast. Oh, just oh, no. <laughs> and just how sort of self centered that. Is. So they sing while looking at you in the eye. <laughs> I felt there might have been a touch of that. Jeff oh. oh. Lloyd and Annabelle Port. Germans. Drift. All right, on to this part of the podcast that we haven't yet got a title for, but we will. Um, do we have any more suggestions, by the way? Yes, Nicole from um, I've Got a Wig in My Bag fame uh, says, my suggestion for the rules segment of the podcast is Midweek Crisis. Midweek Crisis. Depends when you're listening to it, though, doesn't it? Yeah, crisis. okay. And um, have you got any? Yeah, well, Tony Coward's messaged me. Tony's a funny comedian. He's really good on Twitter. He messaged me to say, what about the Glap Clinic? The Glap, oh, <laughs> Jeff Lloyd, Annabelle Port, ah, the Glap yeah. Clinic. Yeah. I quite like that. I do quite like that. Yeah, yeah. Because I like clinic and it yeah. sounds like clap. Yeah, so yeah. You I mean, like that's, it. That's the thing. Yeah. Maybe Glap Clinic is it. I quite like that. I don't, I don't want to commit. Mm, it's my favourite so far. It is my favourite. Yeah, yeah, my favourite yeah. so far too. Um, I think if if nothing better occurs, to, which I don't mean to do it down, I do think it's a good suggestion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But it's just the fear of commitment. I know. But if, if nothing else that we... That, that clicks even more comes in in the next week mm. then we'll call it the glap clinic how does that sound yeah it sounds good the first email from this though does start with i have a quandary for quandary corner so like oh so quandary corner's already catching so, on yeah maybe it is quandary corner then quandary corner or the glap clinic you know you've got to trust the wisdom of the crowd yeah yeah give it another couple of weeks okay. before we commit okay. okay okay so so who, who is this from yeah this is from joe she says it says i have a quandary for quandary corner it's a bit long-winded but here goes This evening, I was witness to a terrible crime, which has left me, as the young people would say, shook. I need help to process. After a hard day at work, I called into McDonald's for my team. Now, I don't know how familiar you are with the modern day McDonald's ordering process. Being a vegetarian, I'm not sure how often Jeff is popping in for a McSalad. It's, it's been a while since I've been inside a McDonald's. Me too. I'm not snobby about fast food. It's no. Just, it's not very much for me in there. No. For those that don't know, it's much like a visit to Argos. And for those that haven't visited Argos since the 90s, you don't thumb through the catalogue and fill in the little paper thing with a tiny pen anymore. What? what? <laughs> the process goes like this you order off a big touch screen 
You're given an order number on your receipt and you queue up in an uncomfortably haphazard fashion and wait for your order to be called out from the collection zone. Who knew this was going on at McDonald's? I, I mean, I, I'm genuinely thinking, maybe I should go to McDonald's this afternoon to <laughs> try this out for myself. It feels quite futuristic. It does. Yeah. But you've got to be careful as a vegetarian what you order in McDonald's. Even if you order a milkshake, hasn't didn't like some of the milkshake used to have crushed up beetles in it. <laughs> And I'm sure one of the burger, the Burger King veggie burgers, they used to say to you, "You do know this isn't vegetarian, don't you?" Really? Yeah, you've got a veggie burger. Yeah, but unfortunately, it's got okay. Anyway, we're not saying that's the case now. No, no, no. But I mean, in the past, it definitely mm-hmm. was. Yeah, the and bean the, burger. The same with whatever colouring they were using was crushed up insects yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was. It was. It was. I promise you. Really? Yeah, no. Yeah, yeah. And if you ordered a strawberry milkshake, no. I think the, the sort of pinkish colour was coming from like I don't know I don't think it was ladybirds I think it was ladybirds I don't think it <laughs> I'm was I think what's that colour a red beetle yeah. a red ant yeah google it and it may may well have changed or maybe it was that it had some kind of rennet in it or something now that I think I on. really don't think they put in crushed up beetles maybe it was I think, smarties that had I think it's just, I think it's something we should probably check before we say it like it's not libelous <laughs> I don't know anyway should we move on back to yeah. the email so this evening, I placed my order and joined the haphazard queue. It was very busy, many orders on the go. A girl queuing next to me, estimated age 16 to 17, accompanied by various other youths, seemed a bit confused. The McDonald's staff member helpfully asked her what her order was. 20 chicken McNuggets, was her reply. Exactly what the McDonald's man had bagged up on his hands. Brilliant. She collected her nuggets and moved off. As I stepped forward to collect my order, another young man, not related to the aforementioned youths, came to the counter saying his friend had forgotten to collect part of his order. Twenty chicken McNuggets, he said. That was a bit silly, I thought, as I turned to leave. The posse of youths exited as I did. When I heard the Nuggets girl remark with glee, I've just got 40 chicken nuggets. I got 20 for free. They've given me another 20. They scurried past me to pile into their getaway vehicle. She'd stolen that poor boy's nuggets. (gasps) Now to the point now to the point of my inquiry. I must have been numbed by bystander effect. The only reaction I could muster was to shake my head sternly, tut inaudibly, and mutter internally, I hope she chokes on them. Who needs forty chicken nuggets anyway? If I'm a thirty two year old young professional with a dog and a mortgage, I should have apprehended the youth and marched her back in there to return the twenty nuggets. But what if she had a shank? I should point out, I live in rural rural Worcestershire, so it's probably unlikely. But then, really, the McDonald's staff manager should have been more thorough in checking order numbers. It was basically a free-for-all. He didn't so much as glance at my receipt. There's so much to consider. What was the correct thing to do here? Many thanks, and all best wishes, Joe. Well, firstly, I think you've answered your own question. I I think it's not your problem. I think it's McDonald's problem. They've got a system which, if implemented properly, Mm. that that this kind of thing couldn't happen. Also, I think to some extent it's a victimless crime because you're thinking, well, what about the person whose nuggets were stolen? I know for a fact, because I used to have a crush on this girl, Nicola Bamford, (laughs) who worked in a McDonald's, that if you complain about anything at McDonald's, without question, they just give you a new one. Oh, really? Now, I know this because when I was a young, carnivorous uh, young man, my friend Chris and I used to go in McDonald's and we would order a box of 20 McNuggets. We would take it away from the counter and then we'd go back and say, excuse me, I just bought 20 McNuggets and there are only 19 in the box. Jeff! And they'd just give you another 20. Another 20 would just give you one to make yeah, up for it. Another 20. Then they'd give you another 20. They just replace whatever you compla- no. complain about. One thing, they will just replace it. 
So this guy got his nuggets anyway. Yes. And this other girl got 40. And McDonald's, it's not like they're, you know, doing badly. And and the thing is, if they were implementing their system properly this wouldn't happen to them and then you might be thinking well what about some poor sod on minimum wage work at mcdonald's you know should it should it be their responsibility to be policing this thing well if mcdonald's really want it policed properly they'd sort of incentivize their employees to feel and get they pay pay them more yeah yeah. you know they'd make them feel valued and like the work that was doing important was doing it was important in this way so you know, th- th- these are my thoughts on it. It's not up to you to have to intervene. All it would do is raise your blood pressure. Yeah. And, and you'd probably be involved in a very awkward encounter where you'd say the wrong thing and it'd be really yes. embarrassing and you wouldn't be able to sleep that night. Yeah. 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 I-, I feel that you did the right thing. Yes. Tut inaudibly, mutter internally, <laughs> go on with your day. Exactly. Okay. This is from Kendall. I observed a co-worker signing and placing a sweet greeting card to her parents for their anniversary out with the mail this morning. I praised her for being so extra thoughtful and sweet and she asserts that, in fact, everyone does this. It launched us into polling everyone in our office as well as people coming through our appointment as well as people coming through for appointments. We work in a very busy reception area. Apparently, I'm the only person who does not acknowledge the wedding anniversaries of other people. Now, I love sending cards and I happen to love my parents. They've had a long and happy marriage, the one where you might send a card for in retrospect. But I've always assumed that anniversaries acknowledged by the two sharing the anniversary and have gone my 30 years on this earth without formally acknowledging any anniversaries but my own. Am I a monster? P.S. To add insult to injury, the postman who came by for my co-worker's card could tell by the addressees that it was for her parents and said, unprompted, ah, a happy anniversary to your parents. How long? Even the postman must think I'm a monster. Thoughts? Broadly speaking, I think anniversaries are nobody's business apart from the people who are celebrating the anniversary. Have you ever sent one to your parents? Parents is is the grey area, I think. Oh. So I think... I think I have, but I think it needs to be a number that ends with a zero or a five. Oh, like God. if it's not one of those, you're in the clear. I definitely haven't done that. But do you agree with me? So I, my, I, was, I was best man at my friend Dave's wedding. Yeah. I'm not sending him an anniversary card. No, I think it'd be weird to get an anniversary card yeah. from other people. The, the, you know, the anniversary yeah. is you as the couple are celebrating it. I'm not, I'm not celebrating the fact that my best friend and his wife have managed to stay together. <laughs> I mean, good for them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, that's that's an achievement that's that's personal to them. I'm not. They don't need me to cheerlead for them. And do people send cards to their parents every year? Is is it a thing? As I say, I think the rule is zero okay. or five. Okay. You know, there is an argument to be made that you send your parents wedding anniversary cards on those years. They've been together 23 years. Who cares? 25, <laughs> that's a thing. Okay. 23 isn't a okay. thing. Yeah. Right, I'll send mine one on their 50th then. There you go. <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, it's it's based on... Um, you have that chart of wedding anniversaries, different thing, like this one's your milk anniversary and this one's your polystyrene <laughs> milk. anniversary. But you don't worry about those ones. It's just gold and silver uh, and okay. platinum copper okay so that's the rule which the precious metals are but you 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 get the point right zero and the five yeah okay i've done some googling while you were talking yeah and what i found out is there is a red food coloring made Mm. from ground up beetles called cochinal i think it's Uh, c-o-c-h-i-n-e-a-l cochinal um but the good news is 
McDonald's strawberry milkshakes, they don't have this in them. Oh. Um, if this is what used to be in them, I know they weren't vegetarian. It might have been because of this. It might have been because of something else. Yeah. But they now use something based on beetroot. Oh, nice. Healthy. Yeah. yeah. Um, if you have a situation where you'd like to know what the rules are, then please email us. We will, we will tell you, we, you know, any kind of social, any kind of interaction where you're not quite sure what the behaviour is. There is always a rule. And I, I strongly feel that I just know what the rules are. It's in me. And I think my friend Annabelle is the same. Yeah, oh, yes. So ask us and we will just tell you straight down the line like that. Uh, email hello at adriftpodcast.com. And that was our podcast. Annabelle, do you fancy hanging around for the outro? Again? Yeah, why not? It was fun last week, wasn't Whoa, it? Yeah, here we it. are in the outro. Um, thanks for downloading our podcast. If you would like to support us on Patreon, um, as I said before, help support our hobby. Thanks, please. Patreon.com stroke adrift. And if you haven't already, if you're an iTunes user, give us a rating and a review. Comes in very handy for us. Very handy. Thanks to Man and the Echo for the backing music and to Emily Harrison for the incidental music during the incident. And thanks to my wife, Sarah Barron, and her mother, Lynn Handelman Barron, for um, thrashing out their differences on the incident this week. Vince Lynch and Simon Wilcox were uh, our announcers and made our eye dents. Patrick Gunning and Iwana Babu provided technical support. Kim Rainey made our artwork and Carla Gowlett took the photos share your story of ineptitude with us hello at adriftpodcast.com and it's the same email address if you would like to ask us a question uh, so that we can give you the social rules in any given situation in a feature which may or may not be called the Glap Clinic or Quandary Corner and finally I've got a wig in my bag. <laughs> Adrift. Adrift. If you would like a podication, we would love to dedicate a podcast to you. All you've got to do is send us an email, man. This comes from Lee Williamson, General Lee. Oh, hello, General Lee. <laughs> Um, that was what the car in the Dukes of Hazard was called, the General I had Lee. no idea what yeah. you did that for. <laughs> and the horn on the car in the Dukes of Hazard was... Okay. It's like, weird that you know that, but I'm glad there's a reason for you making that noise. Well, I was, I was a fan of the Dukes of Hazard. That's not that weird, is it? Really? To remember yeah. the, the horn? I don't know. I don't know what the provenance of the name General Lee is, and I know they had the sort of um, Confederacy flag on the top of the oh. General Lee. Oh. So I don't, I, don't, okay. Okay. <laughs> I don't want to think about the history of that too much, no. just in case. No, no, no. Um, Lee says, Hi, Jeff and Annabelle. Hi. I'm a long-time listener of your previous radio show and very much enjoying the new podcast, so much so that you've convinced me to support you on Patreon. Oh, thank, thank you. you. You're welcome. Um, I've never emailed you before, so I hope I get a mention, and if possible, a podication. I thought I would tell you what happened to me 
Recently, after a Friday night out drinking with some work colleagues in London, we started at 4pm. So by about 10pm, I was quite tipsy and made my excuses to leave for home. This consisted of many stops on the tube with a change halfway at Oxford Circus. However, as soon as I sat down on the train, I fell asleep. At some point, I became aware the train wasn't moving and forced one eye open, only to find we were stopped at Oxford Circus. In a panic... I jumped and lunged for the door, only to find that both my legs were numb and like lumps of jelly. This caused me to fall flat on my face and desperately crawl through the carriage on my belly like some sort of ninja. (laughs) The carriage was probably half full and one guy who just stepped on even sidesteps so I could crawl past. (laughs) I got to the door just as it closed and the train pulled away with me still laying on the floor. I clambered to my feet and waved my hand dismissively saying, oh, that wasn't my stop. Totally styling it out. Um, I sat back down and pretended to go back to sleep, but I had to endure much sniggering and laughter from almost the whole carriage. I didn't want to get off at the next station as that would have given the game away. (laughs) (laughs) So I waited until everyone else had got off five stations later before getting off and going back to Oxford Circus. Oh my God. Oh, that is, that is, um, that's really good. Yeah. I mean, it's humiliating, but just think if that, that train was, that carriage was half full, how many people is that? I know, 20, 20 yeah. yeah. I mean, each of those people, you've given them like a wonderful story. Oh, yeah, yeah. You've brought a bit of joy into the world. You have, there. yeah. Um, Lee says, P.S. Towards the end of the radio show, I heard you talking about a chilli sauce called Satan's Shit. Being a big chilli sauce fan, I bought a jar and promptly tried half a teaspoon. After five minutes of running around waving my arms around like a madman <laughs> and downing three pints of milk... I decided it wasn't for me. <laughs> However, I have since had much fun sitting with random people in the works canteen offering them a track of chilli chutney. Chutney, no! Oh, that's good. That's good. I didn't know you still still could get it because the my memory is that the man who created it, Chilli Pepper Pete, mm. is no longer with us. He died some years ago, yeah, didn't he? Yeah, he did, yeah. But did he do that particular one? Oh, maybe not. I don't think he did. I think he I think he was a bit more refined in oh, his okay. taste. Okay. No offence to Satan shit. <laughs> <laughs> no offence to either Satan or his Yes. Yeah. Um, Alec Lodge. This is another publication, right? Yeah, why not? Let's yeah. do two. Why not? Who says, hello, Jeff and Annabelle. Hello. hello. I'm writing in relation to saying Happy New Year, far too late. My girlfriend Claire is a dental nurse and last year had someone say Happy New Year in March. I can only guess it's because they see patients every six months and that would have been the first time seeing them that year, but seriously. Mm. No, I'm sorry. It's a bit late, isn't it? Um, So if you could predicate this episode to Claire, I'd be very grateful. It might also get you a new listener as she's not really into podcasts. I forced one episode of My Dad Wrote a Porno on her. Mm. I mean, that is one of the top 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 podcasts in the world. Mm -hmm. And my feeling is really, if that didn't do the job, then what chance has this got? She might prefer this. Might be more to her taste. Who knows? Who knows? As an added extra, this is exciting, could you subpodicate <laughs> this to my sister, Paula, as she already listens? Hey, hey, hey Paula. I won't sing anymore for okay. copyright reasons. Okay, thanks. Do you know that song? I don't know. It's by Paul and Paula. It's a duet. Is it what your sister was named it after? It is, yeah. Oh, she's really? also called Paula. Yeah. And he's singing Hey, Paula, and she's singing Hey, Paul. There's a line in it which is like... I've waited so long for school to be through, oh. Paula. I couldn't wait no more oh. for you. Oh, no. Yes, I think we wow. need clarification on Paul's age. <laughs> I think we do, yeah. 
I mean, maybe, maybe it's less sinister than we're thinking. It could just be Paula had a lot of homework to get through and he's also... doesn't sound that way. No. It's the waiting could be night for school. so long. Could be night school. No, so. no. <laughs> different different times. Uh, thanks very much, Alec Lodge in Essex. So there we go. Latest edition of the podcast is dedicated to Claire, um, Alec's girlfriend, and also to Alec's sister Paula. Good old Paula. Mm. And to General Lee... And if you would like a podication, email hello at adriftpodcast.com. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. 